0: the show where we bring you the news and information around the Washington National Guard. On this episode, I sit down with Joe and we talk to Sarah Schmidt. She's from the Washington National Guard Education and Incentives Office. And we talk about credentialing assistance, which is a new form of assistance that uh, helps guards members get credentials in maybe some areas that don't have degree programs or certificates, and uh, how you can get that money and use it to enhance your career enjoy bigfoot country is earthquake country if an earthquake were to happen right now what would you do when you feel the ground shaking drop cover and hold on do not run or you may be injured by things falling remember if you are near the ocean the ground shaking is your warning that a tsunami may be coming after the shaking stops, move to high ground and stay there. Make sure to listen to local emergency officials. Have enough supplies to be self-sufficient for two weeks after a disaster. For more information about earthquakes in Washington, visit mill.wa.gov
1: preparedness.
2: Be sure to follow us on social media. Stay up to date on all the cool events, stories, photos, and videos happening around the Washington National Guard. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hi, send us a DM, PM, tweet at us, whatever, and we'll answer you. We also love to share and collaborate. Send us the photos or videos you take at Drill or AT and we'll tag you. Are you an active Instagrammer? Well, you might be a perfect candidate to take over our account. Send us a message and we'll set something up. To find us, do a search for WA National Guard, that's W-A National Guard, and look for the blue check mark.
0: Okay, so today we're joined by Sarah Schmidt, and she's the Education Services Specialist. Mm -hmm. Look at that. I did it. And I guess just tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump in.
1: Sure. So I've been working in different components of Army education since 2015. I started in Joint Base uh, San Antonio, um, but I've also worked at Fort Hood Education Center, um, Joint Base Lewis-McChord briefly as a contractor and now i am uh, i work for the office of the secretary of defense for the national guard bureau servicing washington and guam and then
0: are you located at jss
1: no i'm i'm located inside the g1 okay on camp murray cool joe's also here
2: i'm here yes sitting. Me and Sarah we talk all the time.
0: We do talk all the time. They do talk all the time. I listen to the conversations on speakerphone. They're always great. (laughs) Only because
2: Sarah's been trying to fix my tuition assistance problem for quite a while. That is
0: true. We are still working on it. That is exactly what you guys have been working on. Okay uh, so today we're going to talk about a different kind of assistance program. Credentialing assistance. So do you want to just talk about what that program is? So
1: credentialing assistance is um, up to $4,000 annually um, to provide soldiers with assistance in getting credentials. So let's say I want a truck driving certificate or I want to become a pilot. Um, To use the tuition assistance program, the provider had to be a college and your courses had to be credit-bearing where you get an A, B, C, or D. Now we've opened that up to where you know, if you want to go online to a non-academic provider, you can now do that. Um, there's over 1,600 credentials listed on cool.army.mil that soldiers can choose from.
0: Awesome.
2: Yeah, we lo- I looked at them briefly the other day. I was looking at ones for like, you know, public affairs. And right. one that I know me and you talk about yeah. is like the accredited public relations plus military. Um, I mean, and that right there is what five hundred dollars for the test something like that but
0: it's it's definitely something where you're trying to weigh the do i really want to do it and pay the money Mm -hmm. but now
2: this program would exactly basically take that hey this credential i could get is free through the army
0: right and it's a great credential for us to have if we ever ventured out into the civilian population for work as well
1: Exactly. And with the program, it will pay for not only the training for you to become qualified to get that credential, but it will also pay for the test, the book that you might need to pay for it, any materials that are required for that training program. Like say you need a a test packet or a book packet or say you need clothes to weld in, like, you know, those special, special things that is open for payment. So it's, it's really, really amazing what we're able to do for soldiers now.
2: And you said the other day you already had 25 people that had already kind of were interested and already kind of going through the process.
1: So it's 36, 36 now. now. So nice. we've had quite a few more interested since we last talked. And I have two packets that we've already sent up for review. Um, and I have another working in the works where he's almost ready. He's getting his private pilots license, so um, he's gone to the school and gotten all the information and now we're working through the documents to get them sent up for hmm. approval. That's awesome what
2: yeah. kind of like what kind of uh, um, things are you seeing like people are going for?
1: So people can choose any of the 1,600 credentials. Almost everybody who I've talked to has wanted something different. There's a guy in my office right now Um, who's super awesome and he wants to drive a school bus and there's actually a credential for a school bus driving Hmm. Um, it's completely unrelated to what he does right now and for a lot of people they are concerned whether or not they can do things that are outside their MOS or outside what their degree has uh, qualified them for and it there's so many ways to do it Mm -hmm. like I'm blown away by the possibilities every day so what do you need to get started um, through the process so what a soldier would need to do to get started is they have to be counseled so we have to talk to them in our office so we can either do that on the phone they can send us an email to our group box Um, hopefully we'll have that linked on this podcast yes Um, we can do that in the show notes oh wouldn't that be fun Um, And I send them either a digital briefing, or if we have time, we can talk about it in person or over the phone. And really, our office is so excited about this. This is something that we've wanted for a long time. We asked to be first in the nation, and we were given that. Um, And we have it before, like, most of the rest of the nation the only people that have it right now is colorado kansas new york and us and also the members of what was called the lut and that was just texas and fort campbell so we really are first in the shoot and so we want massive adoption of this program we want soldiers to use it
2: Hmm. so after they go through and they talk to you what are some of the things they need to consider when choosing credentials
1: yeah um so Really, what a person needs to think about is, I have $4,000 per fiscal year to spend on this, potentially. Um, How do I want to spend that money? Some of these credentials, like you mentioned the credential before, it's only $500. So you could get several different credentials in the same fiscal year. But that's going to require a little bit of planning because we have to submit these packets 30 business days prior. So our office has to send it up. 30 business days prior, and that is subject to change as the program grows and changes, but um, really you need to to look over the things that we send you. We, we give you a list of questions to ask your training provider, which will help you fill out the documents. Um, our office is here to make it easier for you, so we're going to do that as best we can. Um, another thing to consider is, is this credential legit? Like, does my industry care about it? Does um, does the state have additional requirements that I need to meet so that I can actually work with this credential? Because especially for things related to public health, uh, anything where you're touching the public or processing legal documents, there's al- almost always gonna be a second layer. And that second layer c- layer could be a federal requirement or it could be a state requirement. And it pays to know that upfront so you're not wasting your money on something you can't use.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's awesome.
0: Uh, so, after they get counseled, they figure out what they want to do, then what's the next step in the application process?
1: So, they're going to fill out um, two paperworks, and these paperworks are subject to change. Um, right now, they fill out a credential plan, um, this declares what they're trying to do it'll show what option like I'm gonna get something related to my MLS okay great so if I do that I I, I need to meet certain requirements um, or maybe I'm gonna get an academic one that's related to my degree that I already have or am pursuing so there will be requirements there or m- maybe they're doing it based on a civilian occupation and um, there will be requirements to that as well I'm here to work them through those requirements that should not be an issue for most soldiers then they're going to fill out their paperwork, um, their credential plan in full, uh, find out how much this is going to cost because basically you're asking asking the program to pay for it. So the program is going to actually contact the provider and pay them directly. Um, so we need that information so that we can have a more fruitful conversation with them when when they get called. Um, then. The soldier also fills out a statement of understanding. The statement of understanding tells them what all the rules are um, and what credentials are eligible and which ones are not and what the soldier might have to have in order to be approved for this program. And then, um, of course, I'm with them with this the whole time. So they're not having to do this alone at all unless they want to. And then we send it up for processing together. And then they process it and... Provider gets paid, soldier goes to school, soldier, if they need a test for that credential, will submit again for the test portion so that they don't have to repay it. Uh, If, like, say you don't pass the test, you don't want to repay the whole thing, like all the training, because the training was still good, but maybe you didn't pass your credentialing exam, um, they could submit that again uh, for payment.
0: Okay. And to, like, get the test reimbursed or paid for?
1: Right. So... Let's say, for example, I'm going to take the uh, PAO-related credential. So I took my training course. I got graded. I did great. Now I'm ready to take my test, and I choke, and I blew it. I failed the test. Should I have to repay the whole training that I did well on? No, exactly. So that's why we would submit that separately so that I could retest now i would have to repay the test portion if i failed it but that's probably significantly less than what i might have spent right. on the mm-hmm. training the training right. could be $4000 it could be you know something closer to that number and i might have spent a lot of time redoing it so that's why it's set up that way
0: okay cool
2: yeah. I mean.
0: what else i mean what else do we need to know um, so there are some frequently asked
1: questions that uh, we we do send out to soldiers who are using it. Um, one of them was, am I going to incur a service obligation? So officers do incur a service obligation, and it is the same as the one for tuition assistance, so it's nothing new. Enlisted soldiers do not incur a service obligation, but they do have to stay in the Army while they're pursuing that credential that's okay. been paid for because they're – the credentials basically paid up front, right? so it would not make sense for us to continue paying for it for somebody that's not in the military anymore. right? So that is something that they would want to know. Um, another thing is many people are already going to school using the tuition assistance program. Um, they can use these two programs together, but they can't exceed $4,000 per fiscal year. And that's really something that administratively our office will help them on a case-by-case basis explaining this. So I, I would encourage soldiers not to assume that they aren't qualified for this. I had a soldier the other day say, I thought only sergeants could use that program. No, no. Like this program is for just about everyone. Okay. Um, most people that I talk to qualify for it. Um, And as you receive the packets, um, when you email us, you'll be able to self-determine some of your eligibility because we're going to give you all the rules up front. Um, Something else people have asked is, can their spouses use this program? Unfortunately, at this time, No. But our office can always provide other resources. This is one of many programs that we offer. We manage 1606 GI Bill in our state. We manage tuition assistance. We manage credentialing assistance. The Washington Army National Guard Conditional Scholarship is administered through our office. We do all the incentives. It could, it could go on for a long time. I could keep talking. but. Chances are we are aware of a program that might benefit your spouse. So just ask us and that's what we do. That's what we love to do.
0: Yeah. Is there any other questions? Uh, Let me think.
1: So a lot of folks want to know which providers they can use. Um, Essentially, you can use anybody unless the higher headquarters has vetted that provider and determined that they are not legitimate or they have some sort of ethical or legal issue um, that has taken advantage of soldiers or hurt soldiers in some way that have been using the program. Um, When they play with the federal government, they have to play by the federal government's rules, and that is the end of that. (laughs) So chances are if you're being discouraged from using a certain program, it might be because there's things that have happened. It could just be that you know, maybe the way they do things is just not a way that is conducive to how the army administers the program. It's like with anything, not every school is approved for TA and there may or may not be reasons for that. Um, and so we, we ask that soldiers keep an open mind, think about the costs that are involved and choose a provider that is a best fit for themselves, for their workload, for their family. Um, all three things need to be at least happy because it's very hard to to accomplish your goals when you don't have the support that you need at home. Right. So that's pretty much all that I wanted to cover on, on this edition of the podcast. But if soldiers have questions, I would encourage them to email them to our office and we will field them as they come. We are very good at communication in our office. If you email us, you will get an email back. within 48 to 72 hours depending on if there's a federal holiday or not we want you to be engaged and interested we want people to contact us and feel open and and feel cared about when they call us because we do we do genuinely care
0: and we'll put that email in the show notes
1: as well
2: yeah and how do people contact your office what's the number over there
1: so they can call me directly it's uh 253-512-8390 um our business hours are Tuesday through Friday. Um, we are closed for lunch and PT hours between the hours of 11 and 1. So that's a good time to leave a message, but not a great time to call. Um, and we start taking calls at 730 and the last call is taken at 430. So um, and we can always be reached on our social media. We, we are very active in social media. You can very send active us up. on social uh, media.
2: Yeah, what, yeah. Uh, what's your Facebook there?
1: So it's W-A-A-R-N-G, Education Incentives. We actually also have a Facebook group that soldiers can join. They just click View Group under our profile page, and it actually has, like, units that you can complete on GI Bill, on Federal Tuition Assistance, on Credentialing Assistance. And we made that so that whether or not systems are working perfectly, you have access to the information. We do update that very regularly. Awesome.
0: Awesome.
2: And then we've also put the information for credentialing assistance on our website, mill.well.gov slash Washington, or not Washington, uh, slash National Guard, slash education. Yeah. So I know it's on there as well.
1: And it should be accessible from the app as well, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it is is on the
2: app. It's on the app as well.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And that has all our contact information, so if you had a specific incentives issue or a specific GI Bill issue, the points of contact in our office are listed. Our education service officer is Major Eric Flowers. Um, We also have Miss Ellie Woodall, who manages the GI Bill programs. Um, Specialist Usos, who is our incentives manager. And we just got a new employee, which we'll be introducing on Facebook later this week. Awesome. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I can't wait to use credentialing this